Praise you in Strong, try to make them all think I'm strong. Yeah, the face I keep pulling on says I ain't tired. But these tears stained eyes ain't lying. Cause hard, nobody told me life could be so hard. A weary soul with a worn out heart that's barely beating. But every time I get that feeling, I hit my knees with my hands held high saying, Dear Lord. Daddy always told me so. 
Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song? Sing it with us. Let heaven roll. 
scripture reading just a little back drop to this psalm 46 is the uh, appointed reading one of the readings for reformation and uh, this this day throughout the world there are people remembering that there was somebody named martin luther and some of the other reformers who said you know what it is only by grace are we saved that's how it all works and that's the story of the reformation it's not our works, it's not how good we are, it's not what we've done. It is purely Jesus Christ and him alone. So, with that in mind, we're going to read Psalm 46 responsibly, and we're going to go back and forth, so if you would join with me in the reading of the scripture. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos, and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders, and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. See the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. And together, the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. You may be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. So if you would please bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for who you are, for all the promises that you give us. And Lord, we know that you are our mighty fortress, the one that we can turn to and the one that we should be turning to every day, whether it be in prayer for good things or prayer for bad things. Lord, we know that you are with us. We know that that is your promise, and we thank you for that. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless our time together, our worship service, the message we're going to receive, the music we're going to sing. And Lord, just be with us as we go through our day. Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Every time I try to make it on my own 
Come on up front for the kids' message. Yeah, make your way on up front here. I brought some coffee filters with me and a mug with me. So let's see what happens with these. All right, go ahead and have a seat. <laughs> yeah. Well, anybody that knows me knows that I love coffee. I love 
dark, rich coffee, and I love making pottery. So I love drinking coffee, good coffee, out of a nice handmade mug. That's something about me. So you might say that I'm a coffee-loving potter. All right? But you know what? That's something you could say about me, kind of who I am. There's other things that we could be known for too, isn't there? So sometimes we can be known for what we do, right? Maybe, maybe I'm good at art or maybe not. Maybe I'm bad at art. Let's see. I could have good grades or bad grades. I could be funny or not funny. I could be good at sports or bad at sports, right? So sometimes we can be known for the things we do. I need two volunteers. All right, you want to come up? Jack, come up. All right, you want to pick pick one of these and hold it? Which? All right, so you guys stand right here. You, got, you pick sports and you pick grades. Are you good at sports or bad at sports? Good at sports. Good grades or bad grades? Good grades. Good at sports, good grades. Okay, hold those open. I'm going to pour some water in there. And you hold them over the bucket just in case I spill. All right. So you hold those filters. And let's see what happens here. All right. There's, there's grades. And there's sports. Fill those up. What's happening? It's going through it? It can't hold water? No, those filters can't hold water, can they? You know, neither can our identities if we base them in the things that we do, these earthly things. Like whether you get good grades or not, because you know what? You could take a harder class. And then what if you don't get a good grade? It doesn't change who you are, does it? And what if you broke your leg and you can't play sports anymore? That doesn't mean you're not who you are anymore, does it? No. All right, you can go ahead and drop those in the bucket if you want and have a seat. Thank you for your help. So if we base who we are on the things that we do, it doesn't last. No, because we might not be able to do it anymore. Or maybe if we're bad at something, we can get better, right? So we want to base our identity not on what we do, but what on Jesus, what Jesus did for us. So if we turn this around, we see that because of what Jesus did for us, we are children of God, aren't we? And that's the best thing about us. And that's not based on what we do. It's based on what Jesus did for us. And this can't be taken away. And this is greater than anything we can be good at, whether we're funny or get good grades or good at art or sports. This is the best thing about us, and that never changes. All right? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, you love us so much, and you tell us who we are. We are children of God, and that cannot be taken away. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up, and thanks for your help. All right, as the kids are making their way back, again, I want to say welcome to all of you. Glad that you're with us in worship. I have Brittany up here to tell us and to uh, give us some information about the upcoming trunk or treat that we're going to be doing. There's no trunk or treat. Okay. Isn't this the time of the year that we normally do trunk or treat? Not this year. 
What are we going to do instead of trunk or treat? This year, we are going to do something new and different, a new Christmas tradition for the whole community called Candy Cane Lane. Yep, we'll have a slide up there, if you would. There it is. All right. So we are looking for Christmas enthusiasts that want to come and join Candy Cane Lane. Um, it's going to be a church-wide event here on December 15th and 16th, two evenings, Friday night and Saturday night, from 5 to 8 o'clock. Uh, we will have cookie decorating. We will have St. Nick, um, a bake sale, the fire pit with uh, toasted marshmallows, hot cocoa, cider, crafts, games, uh, the inflatables, the drift bikes. So it'll just be a really fun night to come and celebrate the reason for the season here. Right. And where you can come in is we are, we have so many different opportunities for you to help us make this a really big thing for the community. I'll just tell you, um, did this back in Tucson, Arizona, and the community, when they came and walked through, they were just blessed. For some people, this is their Christmas. Sometimes it's tough for families. So we really want to make this a big, big thing for our community so people can ultimately meet Jesus, because that's the storyline. So I'm sure that Brittany would love to talk to you about the opportunities to serve. Uh, you can call the church office, you know, just get, make yourself known, um, because this is going to be good. There's a QR code on, on the screen and then on these little flyers here up at Next Steps. So you can scan the QR code and you can go online to Planning Center and sign up. Um, and there's a couple different options. Any way that you would like to serve, you can click on those options. So. Good. Thank you very much. All right. As she makes her way, I'm going to just tell you, uh, I think about a week and a half ago, we had a staff meeting and Kathy went through all the different things that we have going on from now until the end of the year. And I'm, my head is spinning. There are so many ways in which you and me can make a difference in the lives of people in our community. So go to our website, go to Planning Center, I mean, Church Center app. There's so many ways to find. Give us a call. We can help you figure out ways to serve. And there, again, Thanksgiving meals coming up, you name it, it's all happening. So please, please, please be uh, ready to serve. Uh, anybody know what's going to happen next week? Anybody remember? We talked about this last week. It's something, um, in fact, somebody walked in, and I won't point them out at all, but they said, is this the week? And I know what they were going to ask. Anybody know? Yeah, the middle school gathering. We're going to have like 460-some people that are going to be on our campus Saturday and Sunday. Oh, my goodness. And then they're going to come worship at 11 o'clock. And as, um, as the person was telling me, because I said, hey, you want, are you wanting to be at the service where there's 460-some people? And right away they go, mm -mm, not me. Some of you might say, this is really cool. I want to see what that's all about. So we're just giving you a heads up. So next week, if you come and you're like, you know, I really would like to, to experience that, come at 11 instead. That's okay. We will, we will have a lot of fun all together as we worship our Lord. So that's next week. And as I did last week, I want to pray right now for what happens on Saturday and Sunday. Okay, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're going to open our doors, and we're so thankful we have these doors to open. And as kids from throughout the state come to 1C, we pray 
that you would be here in a powerful way and that these kids will learn about you and have their lives changed and transformed, that they would know you as a Lord, Savior, and friend. So uh, be with all those who will be traveling. Uh, be with as they gather here next week. And Lord, thank you. Thank you for the ways in which uh, you have used 1C in our community and now with our district and with our state. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, really quickly, uh, don't forget, if you're sitting here today and you have a prayer request, you can send those prayer requests to 402-242-5051, and they'll be woven into the worship service today in just a little bit. Uh, also, we're going to have communion, and I want you to be ready for something totally different, because, ready for this, there's going to be two sermons today, one right before communion and one after, and you'll, you'll hear why then. So just be ready. It's going to be exciting. But remember what we believe. It's the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. It is a wonderful gift that God gives to people like you and me. Um, also, if you're a guest here, we are so thankful you are, you're here. Uh, you could text 1C guest to 94,000. You could stop at Next Steps. You could let yourself be known. We'd love to meet you and greet you in whatever way possible. And then also during the next song, we are going to have the joy baskets passed, and it's an opportunity for any, any of us, as the Lord leads, to say thank you for all that he's done. So, may God bless you and me as we worship this God who is so good for all of us. Amen. Let's continue.
I'm going to be okay. If you are following along with The Chosen Season 3, I think that's the story of this woman who has been struggling with an issue for 12 years. She bumps into Jesus, literally grabbing a little part of his clothes, and her life was changed. Now, that story is actually found um, in three of the Gospels, the synoptic Gospels, the similar Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So it must be a story that is so significant so that people like you and me can listen to it, hear it, and understand that this is a very spiritual moment for people like you and me today. So, um, if I could have uh, up on the screen the list. I know you can't read it. That's not for that purpose. Uh, But these are the miracles that you will find in the Gospel of Mark. And you just walk all the way down. You see number 10, Jesus heals a woman with the issue of blood. That's Mark chapter 5. But you just see one after another, after another, after another, after another, right? And somewhere in there, somewhere like in Mark chapter 8-ish, I think it's after like number... Number 18, it's not in there. But there's this interaction between Jesus and his disciples. It'll just picture that they've seen all of these things going on. Now Jesus says to them, you know what? Who do you say that I am? And then they started guessing all different kinds of people. Because they, 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 they know he's great. But then he says, who do you say I am? And the answer to that question, I'm going to tell you, even today, is a matter of life and death. Peter answers it correctly. He he answers it emphatically. He says, you are the what? Anybody know? Christ. In other words, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the one that we've been waiting for for a long time. You are the one that's going to make a difference in this world. And in a way, Peter is saying what John says. If I can have that up on the screen. Uh, this, this is uh, John chapter 20. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So all of these things, these signs, uh, the scriptures, it's all trying to work faith in you and me, that you may believe that he is the Christ and that your life would be changed for eternity. Now, we're going to go to the story. And I'm going to walk you through, give you a little commentary of this interaction between the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and this this woman. And I'm just going to walk through it, and we're going to get to a certain point. So let's go to the, the first part. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, it was no better but rather grew worse. Now, a couple comments. 12 years. And maybe some of you are sitting here today and 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 I want you to know that don't get fixated on the fact that she had an issue of blood for 12 years. I mean, that's, that's really important. But just think about anything that somebody has been wrestling with and struggling for a long time. 
Can you imagine what goes through the mind of somebody who is just wrestling with this and then spends everything that they have with doctors to try to get it fixed? I know people. We're in the middle of that now. We're, we're seeing lots of doctors. We're trying to do lots of things. Can you imagine, maybe you do, what it's like to really want a change? And after one thing after another, not finding it. So what do you do? Let's go to the next. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, I'll just say that the Chosen, I think, does a great job depicting this moment. So if you haven't watched um, season five, episode, I'm sorry, season three, episode five, please go back, go to watch that. Um, they depict it really well. There's this crowd, everything's kind of going on, and then she comes up and she just touches. I mean, just think of all the things that she was struggling with. Because if she has this issue of blood, she really shouldn't be out and about with people. I mean, she is like crossing the lines in so many ways, but she is so desperate for some kind of healing, some kind of relief, that she goes and touches the garment. All right, next slide. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. But the woman knowing what had happened to her came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. So uh, the portion I didn't have up there was Jesus healed her. And then Jesus was like, okay, who touched me? Now he knew, but he wanted this moment where this woman would come up and say, you know what, I did. And so here we have this moment, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Next slide, please. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now last week, if you were here, I talked about uh, the mission statement of Jesus. He came to seek and to save the lost. And then I took the word save and I did a little Greek you know, with you. That word save is the word sozo. And it is a very powerful word when we think about what that means. And so we have the same word. The same word for well is the same word for save. So if I can have that slide up there, that explains this. Your faith has made you well. Sesoken from sozo, from, derived from that, which means save from death, keep alive, keep safe, preserve, maintain, keep in mind, carry off safely, and rescue. She's well. Well. And I think sometimes we think of that word and we think that's kind of like, it's, it's like okay. No, well is really good when it comes from Jesus. Her life has been changed. Physically, yes, but spiritually more important. So now we're going to watch that clip. We're going to see this interaction between Jesus and this, this woman who is in desperate need. Let's watch the video. Just the fringe. I touch. 
One thread. One thread. Just, just the edge. Only a thread. You! I know you. Get away from him. Stop it, please. Rabbi Yusuf! Rabbi Yusuf! This woman bleeds. She is unclean. We removed her. Please, please. I promise I won't touch him. I, I just need oh, to... Woman, please. We can help you, but not now. Everybody back. I asked the question. Who touched me? Master, the crowds are pressing in all around you like this, and you're asking who touched you? They all have. Someone touched me. I felt that power went out of me. Whoever touched me, come forward. Teacher. It was me. Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise. You are not unclean. Why my garment? I'm sorry. I, I know I should have asked. But if, if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. I, I was sick. I was sick for 12 years. I bled, and, and no one could stop it. But but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment. <laughs> I was right. I was right. Thank you. Who told you I could heal? A man from the pool. And he was right. The blood is ceased. My daughter. I'm no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are. Daughter. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you. But it was instant. I felt it right away. I know. But it wasn't this. It was your faith. Teacher, she was bleeding so long. We can take her. She is clean. me today and I know my daughter I know it has been a fight for you for so long you must be 
exhausted. Go now in peace. Your faith has made you well. Once again, I, I think The Chosen has captured really well what, what took place about 2,000 years ago. But I also believe that this moment that's captured there and in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke is to be captured today in your life and in my life. And before you sit there and say, yeah, you know, I know people like that who are dealing with all sorts of things. I want you to know the unclean is you. The unclean is me. And whatever issue it is needs to be addressed by Jesus. And if you're sitting here today, and I want you to know that God wants to, to clean you today, spiritually, emotionally, and I'm going to say maybe even physically today, but I know in heaven for sure physically. If you're dealing with some physical illness, I just want you to know in heaven for sure it's going to be dealt with, but it might even be dealt with right here, right now. So the reason I have sermon part one is because you're going to be coming forward just like that woman. You're going to meet Jesus in this meal. Because here at 1C, we believe in what's called the real presence. We believe Jesus is really present with this bread and wine, and it's his body and blood. And when you put your hands out like this, I want you to know with absolute certainty, spiritually, you will be healed. Emotionally, you will be healed if, if this is what you want. If you have that kind of faith that this, this woman has, you will be healed. And physically, maybe it'll be today. Maybe it'll be in heaven. But we know for certain those who are in Jesus, in Jesus Christ, those who believe in him, will get a beautiful healing. So that's kind of the backdrop. That's the setting for what we're going to do now with communion. And before we do that, we, we take time to confess that we are unclean. And please don't just read the words, but pray the prayer, because it is true. So let's, let's do this together. If I can have those words up there, let's pray together. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. So in that prayer, we, we admit it. We, we, we said we're unclean. We're also saying that, Jesus, do your thing in my life. So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, 
He took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So the invitation is there. Come to Jesus. Thank you. 
now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let's like, go to God in prayer. Oh, uh, just a moment, if you would. Um, if you could put up on the screen these words. Daughter or son, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And I'd like to bring it 2,000 years you know, from that moment when he said those words to that woman to people like you and me today. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, when we go to him, not to the things of this world, the things of the world is going to clamor for your attention, you're going to get something that is so unique that only Jesus can give it. The word peace, please don't blow by it and think, oh, that's really kind of a nice thing. It's like a warm, fuzzy feeling, because that's not what it means. Once again, doing my little Greek nerdy thing is the word peace in Greek is irene. And if you go and bring it into the Old Testament, the word peace is shalom. And it's not getting rid of all the chaos of the world, but the peace that Jesus is talking about is peace right here. And I hope you have it right now. I hope your faith in Jesus has taken all the burdens that you have, whatever issue you have. For the woman, it was this issue of blood for 12 years. Uh, Jairus, we didn't even get into that story, but in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they kind of put both stories together. Jairus' daughter being, you know, raised from the dead, and also this woman. Whatever concern you have, Jesus comes, he steps into your moment, into your life, and he says, peace. Peace. Now, I'm going to show you um, a video clip of what happens when peace comes to you.
again, doing the sermon, I've been, I've been looking at this clip, and every time I watch it, isn't that the story? God comes to people like you and me who are unclean, who have issues because of sin. He does something about it, and then because of that, when we realize all that he's done for us, I mean, did you see just the way she fell back into the water? Unencumbered now by her issue, by sin, right? That's our storyline too. He's done that for us. Um, I'm not going to show you all the video clips because there's so much more, but let's, let me put this picture up if you would. Um, this is a picture when the disciples and Jesus get to the water. They're going to, they want to go swimming too. But they, Jesus said, I wanted to come and see how you're doing. What a beautiful reminder. Jesus cares how we're doing. And then they were rejoicing and celebrating too. What a beautiful picture to have up there. I hope you celebrate. I hope you celebrate what God does. But as we celebrate, I don't, I don't want us to forget. And if I can have the next picture up there. Um, this is Eden. Everybody's happy but Eden. There are going to be people in our life, even though we have been forgiven, even though we have the peace that comes from God, there are some people within our circle of influence that are being burdened by something. And maybe God is calling you or me to tell them about the peace that comes from Jesus. Um, when you see Eden's burden that she's carrying, and she's, it, it's, it's very picturesque of today. There are people like Eve. And here's the message we get to share. And here's the scripture. And Jesus said, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Isn't that the good news? We've got that rest, right? We have it because of Jesus. I hope you feel renewed, refreshed, and ready to serve him. Rejoice and, and do that. Celebrate. But also keep your eyes out. There are people that need to have what you have. And you know the cliche. You can't give what you don't have. Well, if you've received it, now it's time to share it. And do it with a sense of love and grace and mercy. Because there's all kinds of broken people. And God calls us to love those people. Amen? All right, let's pray. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we lift up our prayers to you because we know that you can hear them and you bring us peace. Prayers of thanks for a successful eye transplant surgery for my wife. Prayers of thanks for the doctors and a prayer of thanks and a blessing be upon the donor's family. Prayers for my mother-in-law, Karen, who is in the hospital recovering from a stroke and pneumonia. Lord, give her the strength to make a full recovery. Please guide them in finding skilled nursing facility that can help with her recovery. Continued prayers for Robin as she recovers from surgery. Prayers for healing and patience as she goes through this. And Lord, I ask for you to be with my sister this week as she has surgery and bless her with a speedy recovery. Thank you, Lord prayers of comfort for my Aunt Donna and family at the passing of my Uncle Don. Just be with them and comfort them 
and know that they let them know that Don is in your in your arms, Lord. Father, we thank you for all these spoken and unspoken prayers that you know what lays heavy upon us and help us to just trust you and lay it at the foot of the cross. And we just thank you, Lord, that your peace just overflow us and cover us in Jesus' name. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand for the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
go in peace and serve the Lord.
Chasing after things that don't lead me straight to you And I don't want to lose my gaze when I meet you face to face Well done, welcome home Now I'm running old Like the prodigal All right, two minutes until a deeper dive. Two minutes.
Okay, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. All right, let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, today we especially thank you for how you've been working throughout the history of your church, your people. And we think about 506 years ago when you moved in, into the heart of somebody named Martin Luther who was moved by your word, the scriptures, and the truth he found in it. And we thank you that the Reformation has uh, left a mark in churches even up until today. And the truth is, we are saved by grace. So be with us as we spend a little time together looking at some of those teachings and the scriptures. And may we be blessed as we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I am going to weave the five solas of the Reformation, all right? We're going to look at that with Veronica. And if you didn't watch The Chosen, then you're going like, who is Veronica? It is the made-up name for the woman who struggled for 12 years. They chose to give her the name Veronica. We will go with that because I can't think of a better name. So Veronica is her name. But we're going to weave through as we look at each of the solas and how that truth and reality became life-changing for her. So, that's a framework. Uh, but let's read a uh, little bit of the history of the Reformation, uh, just paragraph by paragraph. If, if somebody would like to read one, you can just raise your hand, and then we'll just bounce around in the microphone so you can kind of do your thing. We'll back. All right, paragraph number one. 500 years ago, an unknown monk named Martin Luther marched up to the church in Wittenberg, a small town in what is now Germany, and nailed a list of criticisms 
to its door. The date was October 31st, 1517. The, and Luther had just lit the fuse and what would become the Protestant Reformation. Thank you. Somebody want to read the next paragraph? And there's a word in there, efficacy, so you don't trip up efficacy or however you pronounce it. Right here? Yes. Okay. Luther proposed an academic discussion of the practice and efficacy of indulgences in his 95 Theses of 1517. His refusal to renounce all of his writings at the demand of Pope Leo X is in 1520 and the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V at the Diet of Worms in 1521 resulted in his excommunication by the Pope and the condemnation as an outlaw by the Holy Roman Emperor. Okay, next paragraph if somebody would like. Right back, okay. The heart of criticism was the prevailing practice of elevating church tradition and teaching to a level of or even above the clear teachings of scripture. He rejected several teachings and practices of the church. In particular, he disputed the view on indulgence, a practice of the church granting forgiveness of sins in exchange for money. Okay, back over there. Luther believed that salvation and consequently eternal life are not earned by good deeds, but are received only as a free gift of God's grace through the believer's faith in Jesus Christ as redeemer from sin. His theology challenged the authority and office of the church by teaching that the Bible is the only source of divinely revealed knowledge. For this, of course, he was opposed and ultimately excommunicated by the church. Okay. In his examination and defense of his writings, he said, unless I am convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, for I do not trust either in the Pope or in the councils alone, since it is well known that they have often erred and contradicted themselves. I am bound by the scriptures I have quoted and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. May God help me. Amen. Thank you. And the last, maybe. <clears throat> Luther's teaching eventually came to be known as the five solas. The five solas and five Latin phrases that emerged during the Reformation to summarize the reformers theologically convictions about the essentials of Christianity. Okay. So the five solas. Anybody know what the word sola means? You're getting close to that. Yeah, because in our English, we'd say say that only, all right, or alone. So um, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, scripture alone, and to the glory of God alone. And now, remember, I just want the filter of Veronica in our discussion. 
Because honestly, I'm, I'm so moved by her story. And like I said, I think The Chosen did a great job of grabbing Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those three accounts of this woman who was healed. Uh, just did a great job. So read those. Maybe this week you can you know, just Google um, the woman with the blood issues and you'll see the Matthew account, Mark account, Luke account, and they tell the story. Powerful storyline, all right? So let's go through each of these and try to put that filter in for Veronica and for us and why this is an important teaching. So it begins with sola gratia, right? Which means grace alone. We are saved by the grace of God alone. Somebody want to read Romans 3, 10 to 12. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. All right. If you can, whether it's in your own personal life or in Veronica, as we've seen in the scripture, how is this idea of grace alone, why is that important for, for her and for us? If you want to draw the connection, go ahead, Steve. See, I was busy this week. Sorry, I didn't see the chosen. But um, from what the story says is that she spent all her earnings and living on doctors trying to bring healing to her by works of the flesh, by monetary. And we cannot, and God will not allow us to purchase what only Christ can give with the things of this world. Anything that we do cannot amount to what he can give freely. Perfect. Yep. Wonderful. And that Romans passage, just so you know, the book of Romans was especially um, impactful for Luther and, and his reformation. His personal reformation, and then the reformation of the church. He started realizing it's 100% God, 0% him. It's 100% the, the grace of God, and 0% him. The Romans passage says it like it. None is righteousness, is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. I mean, honestly, the, the picture that the scriptures give us, is that everyone that has, has the genealogy in the family tree of Adam and Eve, which would be who? All of us, right? If you follow the family tree, we all go to Adam and Eve. Sin happened there, and sin has gone through everyone except for Jesus, right? The miraculous birth. So that's a whole time by itself. But everyone has this thing that we're dealing with. So that's why you know I was trying to press on the fact that, yeah, Veronica has an issue. She does. Amazing that in her journey, she tried everything that she could do, like the doctor thing, and spent everything, and it didn't work. That's what a lot of people will try to do. If I'm only good enough, if I do enough deeds, I'll, you know, I've had, in my years of ministry, I don't get to do that much because we're such a young church, but I've been at churches where there's a lot of senior population, and I'd make homebound calls. And I'll never forget, sitting, sitting down at a kitchen table with this woman who was so troubled that she didn't give her tithe and offering. And I was feeling like she's thinking that God is going to be disappointed and that he's going to kind of push her away a little bit because you, you just didn't do that. Now, there's nothing wrong with giving tithes and offerings, right? 
But she was, I had the sense that it's part of how she's going to get into heaven. And so we, we, we touched on that. I said, yes, it's great to want to give. But just so you know, God loves you even without your, your gift. That's grace. Because we bring nothing to the table. Right? Nothing. But the church at the time of Luther said, yeah, it's Jesus, but it's also what you do that will equal salvation. Right? It's called Christ plus theology. Christ plus what you do equals salvation. And Luther came to a realization, nope, that's not the equation. It's Jesus equals salvation. Okay, it's grace. All right. At that time, all the churches were teaching that it's Christ plus other things. And I'll even say, some of the other reformers, and I won't even put their names out there, they're great. They were mixing a little bit of, you still have to do something. But not as much as the Catholic Church was saying. So, I'm not going to diss that, but so it was still a wrestling mark. Luther was the one that kind of stood out about every, above every other reformer and said, uh-uh, folks. It's not even you coming to faith and saying, I believe in Jesus. He would say, no, it's all by the grace of God. So, all right, next one. Sola fide, faith alone. We are saved through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Some of you want to read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Microphone, please. I like telling him where to go. <laughs> you do, you gotta dig that, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Okay. Now, if you, you know, you could look in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you could look at the account of Veronica's journey, but there, there is in there, and, and I think all of them, there is this moment where she says she heard about Jesus. Something inside of her, after doing all this attempt with doctors, she realized something else had to happen. And I think it's faith that moved her from, instead of trying to quote the whole doctor thing anymore, I'm going to go to the great physician. And I... I she heard about him. We don't know if she ever saw him or met him. Um, they say it's the whole pool of Bethsaida. We don't know that. They didn't say that. But uh, there's enough stories out there at the time that she's hearing. And I believe God, is, God uses those stories because it's the word of God, right? It's what Jesus did. Started creating faith in her. 